All right, welcome, welcome into the 112th episode of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. We got a good one for you today. Typical in-season episode. We go through reports, weekend recap, crystal ball. But I think it is highlighted by us talking about a lot of player values. A lot has changed this past week. All of a sudden, the Jets go from media darling to one of the worst teams in the league. Don't get me started about it. I will go into a little detail uh, on the podcast, but we do talk about a lot of players uh, like Christian Watson and a lot of other young wide receivers and their values, whether or not to buy. Again, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. We thank you so much for listening. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go. Episode number 112 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. Gang's back together. We got the big three together. Super producer, Nick C, Max Soller hanging out up in the land. I think we'll have a guest appearance from... From uh, JFC coming up for all you that uh, that love JFC's guest spot. I am hanging out in New Jersey. Gentlemen, how was your weekend? My weekend was really good. I got to see Mr. C. Um, and that's that's great. You know, hit some bets. Actually hit two first touchdowns this weekend. I hit Rashi Rice and Irv Smith. JFC. Those are pretty three. long. Yeah, Irv Smith was like plus 2,800. I will say, Irv Smith was all me. We sat down for, on Sunday night. We were eating dinner. Max said, who's scoring first? I said, Irv Smith is scoring a touchdown tonight. There you go. Listen I also to- hit Amari Cooper at the Browns game. I hit three, and I don't think I've hit one all season. So there you go. So, Mason, is this related to, like, the Muni Lot's uh, powers? I heard the Muni, not, Muni Lot gives off, like, magical betting powers to all those that attend. We actually didn't go to the Muni Lot. Oh, some bars uh, in the flats, but Rishi got the little bubble screen off to the left. Gentlemen, before we get into the podcast, wanted to talk. Today is election day. For all those uh, that go into their civic duty, we, we thank you. Uh, today's election day. So I wanted to bring to the table some elections for the two of you. We're halfway th- through the NFL season. Who has your vote for MVP? I think the MVP race is wide open. I'll let Nixie start. Just because I have money on them, I'm just going to say Tua. But I feel like it could, like you said, it's pretty wide open. You could make an argument for Lamar, even though he really hasn't put up crazy numbers. But, I mean, they're probably the best team in football. Yeah, they're balling out. Max? Um, I think Tua is a solid answer. I think Lamar is also a really good answer. Um, I'm going to have to go a little different, though, man. I'm going to go with the Cheetah. Tyree Kill. I like Tyree, Tyree Kill. Kill. I mean, to have 1,100 yards already throughout – nine games, eight touchdowns. Like the pace that he's on is actually insane. Like I feel like if he breaks 2000 and breaks 15 touchdowns and the dolphins make it make like a two, three, two, three seed. I think he could get it. Honestly. Cheetah could Oh, JFC buzzing in. Um, Honestly, I think Jalen hurts, man. I think he had a little bit of a rough start. Did not play well against the jets either. Three interceptions in that game. But honestly, I mean, outside of that Jets game, he's been electric. To he's watch. been nails, plantar injury. You know, 
And for fantasy, I mean, he scores a rushing touchdown every single game. It's just a lock at this point. It's like if you parlay him and McCaffrey every single week, you'd just be a billionaire by now. I wonder what those units are looking like. I mean, McCaffrey alone, you'd, you'd be at like three quarters of a mil. Me personally, I, I like the Jalen Hurts answer a lot, but I think somebody who's going to be coming up, and I'm not a big fan of him, is Joe Burrow. I'm not going to say that he's going to win it, but I'm saying if the Bengals keep trending in the direction that they're trending and they're knocking off quote-unquote big teams, even though the Bills are frauds, but if he just keeps pounding the table and winning and winning and winning and throwing for a lot of yards, I think he would get it if he has better stats over Lamar because Lamar's already won his MVP. I agree. I, I, I do agree. Joe started off really slow. I don't see him winning. Um, some guy that I feel like is a dark horse, though, Pete, I thought that's where you're going or you said you're you're not a big fan. C.J. Stroud. Stroud has been playing lights out. I don't yeah. think they're going to win enough games. He'll win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, that's that's almost like locked, locked and loaded right now. Can but we talk I, about something before we jump in? Sure. Is Arthur Smith a clown, man? He's the ultimate clown. He's I more mean, of a clown than Kyle Shanahan. It's crazy. First Kyle Pitts, now Bijan. He's just wasting. And Drake London, he is wasting talent. Yeah. He's wasting talent, man. And it is like it's bad at this point. Yeah, it's really sad. I think a lot of people out there invested heavily in Bijan. I got uh, offered a trade earlier in the year that I accepted, and I was called a madman for it. Not looking like a madman anymore. It was Bijan for Kyron Williams and Joe Mixon. I know what side has won already, even though Kyron hasn't played. I think Kyron's outscored Bijan, and Kyron hasn't played in like three weeks, so... We made that trade together. Um, it, like at that time, I flipped and flipped Bijan instantly for like more than that because uh, his value was there. But yeah, that side has won for sure, 100%. All right, let's get into the episode. Before we do that, wanted to thank you all for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over there on Twitter. Super Producer does a great job keeping everyone up to date. And my favorite part about the Twitter is we post all of our trades, any like crazy trades we see in the league or any. Uh, trades that we're all split on, we post in there and we see who won. And then eventually we get to make fun of the guy who's on the losing end of the uh, the trade. That's my favorite part. So again, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. We do giveaways over there. We just did a Garrett Wilson jersey giveaway to start the season uh, when Rogers still had an Achilles. It still makes me very sad. Um, I just want everyone to know out there that he is not going to come back this year and the Jets suck. That Monday night game was a disaster. I just can't get over it. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. That was your daily sad Jets take. I I will be done with it from here on out. The NFL loves the Jets so much. We get to watch them on Sunday night this week. It's it's amazing. The defense is is elite. The defense is insane. I I agree, but it's painful to watch, man. Zach Wilson, I think I'd rather sign Carson Wentz. I'd rather have Cam Newton. I'd rather have Matt Ryan. I'd rather have Colin Kaepernick. He is terrible. He's pretty booty cheeks, not going to lie. But again, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over there. Let's get into reports. All right, Super Producer and Max, first and foremost, sad news for the New York football giants. Daniel Jones, torn ACL. He will probably be held out to a similar uh, timeline that Kyler had from this past season, you know, tear halfway to the end of the season. 
so I don't think he'll be ready for opening day. Maybe, you know, cross our fingers, but Daniel Jones in super flex leagues, particularly let's talk about, are you willing to buy on the investment? Because I think I am for a couple of second round picks, given the way that he's played. I don't think that you have to invest a high dollar value first or a uh, 24, 25 first, especially coming off the injury. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I, I would never, I don't think I was in on Daniel Jones, even when he was healthy. So it would be tough for me to be like, Oh, I'm going to buy the dip when he tears his ACL as well. I, I don't know, man. I, Daniel Jones, everyone was like, Oh, he's the best value in super flex, even in one quarterback in the off season. He just had a fluke year this past year where he scored like 700 rushing yards and had like nine touchdowns, but the dude's just a bad quarterback. I'm not trying to pile on the guy when he's down, obviously, hopefully he gets healthy, but the giants are just a dumpster fire and they'll probably be looking at one one next year. Cause I, there's no way Barkley stays there. I feel like it's a really, I mean, it's a terrible organization. And like you said, Nixie, I think he had an extremely lucky year. He cashed in on it. Good for him. He stole hundred million plus dollars from the giants. Um, I don't know, man. It's crazy that they actually think he's a good quarterback and they paid him money and call him Danny pennies, Danny dimes, whatever you want to call him. He's so bad. And I wouldn't even invest for a first. I don't think I'd pay. I don't think I'd pay two seconds in Superflex. I really wow. don't. I really don't, man. So you'd be a seller. You own Daniel Jones. You'd sell for two seconds? Sure. Wow. I'd sell for one second in any year. I'd sell for a 26 second. Yeah, I, I might too, honestly. Let's keep moving forward. I don't think there's any more that we got to talk about with that. Cam Akers torn Achilles. Obviously, his fantasy value was in the toilet as it is. Uh, just not a good sign for him. I don't think anybody's going to be investing in him. If you have him and anybody has any interest, I think you just trade instantly, even if it's a 2026 third. Yeah, I'd probably sell for a fourth too. So, yeah, it's tough, man. Second Achilles in like what? Three two years, or three years. Two, three years. <sighs> Droppable in any format. So yeah. I'm with you. All right, let's keep moving forward. Dallas Goddard suffered a fractured forearm, expected to miss around four weeks. One of those weeks includes a bye. I think Goddard has had a very peculiar season. I think he's the tight end nine on the year right now. He's going to miss some time. We'll probably fall outside of the top 12 tight ends on the year because of this injury. I own Dallas Goddard. I'm not going to try to pump his value right now. As a rebuilder, I'm going to look to both of you right now and say, what do I do with Dallas Goddard? Because he is a little bit older. That doesn't mean anything in the fact that he's not going to be good next year or whatever. That offense is going to be fine no matter what. I don't think that there's a good free agent tight end. I don't think that the Eagles are going to have a good enough pick to draft Brock Bowers or a better tight end. I think Goddard's place in that offense is cemented as a good, not incredible tight end option. But what do you do as a rebuilder or as a middle ground team with Dallas Goddard? I mean, you just got to hold. I feel like I know you've been trying to sell him for any second. You haven't been able to get it. I don't think he like I think he's maybe worth a 26 second. Like if you're desperate at tight end, obviously not now. I wouldn't pay that if I'm a competitor. Um, I don't know. I think he's a fine player, but he's just he's never going to be the first target, the second target or even the third target on that team. He's always going to be the fourth option to Brown Smith and Jalen Hurts' legs. But we can and, always talk about that the same as the 49ers with Kittle. We can, but like Kittle has proven dominance and Kittle can have those big games. Dallas Goddard never really has big, like three touchdown, 200 yard, like 100 yard games, you know? 
So I, I feel like Kittle's done it before, and we can talk about that with the 49ers, but the 49ers also don't have a rushing quarterback that takes away some of those goal line, goal-to-go carries. I mean, not that yeah. Dallas Dyer's getting them, but play action, whatever. SP? Yeah, I mean, if you have this guy as a rebuilder, I feel like the only path to get any value is waiting to the offseason and trying to pick out a team that is maybe trying to contend and maybe you could sell them on the fact like, okay, the dude was tight end nine through half of the season. He has the big boom games. Right. I mean, you might be able to get two seconds in like tight end premium or something like that, but that's the only way you're going to get value. Even as a competitor this year, I feel like if you have a competing team, just look at Dallas Goddard's schedule the rest of the way. It is just murderer's row after Buffalo. And even he's going to be banged up a little bit. I, his value this year is pretty much shot. Redraft, he, he might be borderline droppable in redraft. I can't lie. Yeah, for me, uh, as a rebuilder, a big reason why I held on to some of my premier assets was I knew I wasn't going to win games this year just the way that the roster was looking wanted to put up a nice fight because i do have a little bit of pride i don't want to just get completely blown out i i mean this i don't want to get completely blown out i want to say okay i had a couple good guys on my team i had dj Moore, but the primary purpose of having these older guys was to see them do well and then essentially trade them away for higher value because i thought they were gonna have good years goddard as tight end nine through this time especially with his very slow start, was really impressive to me. I think it's going to be really interesting this offseason with the plan that I have to eventually trade him away because I was looking to maybe get two seconds from the most desperate person, maybe get a 2026 first uh, for a team that needed tight end to compete and think that they could win. They have a plethora of picks, X, Y, Z. But right now, it's not looking like that at all. I'll be lucky if I can probably get a second this offseason. All right, let's keep moving forward. Carson Wentz signs with the Rams. I think this does not need to be a long conversation. Stafford most likely will come back, but the Rams realize they cannot start Brett Rippon. I would love, love, love for the Jets to just say, okay, we can't start our backup. Let's go sign a guy and prepare him to play. Uh, But the Jets cannot do that. Okay, so I guess I lied earlier, and that wasn't the last time I was going to talk about the Jets and be sad, but... Carson Wentz, again, signs with the Rams. Not much to talk about here. No, I mean, they got a bye week here. Um, I think he only plays for like a game or two. I don't think Stafford's injury is that serious, but they did sign a quarterback. So they have a bye week, which I think should help them. And I mean, I think at worst case is he plays two weeks and I think he could maintain fantasy relevance for Puka and Cooper Cup. Yeah, I agree. I think he's worth in like super deep leagues, like super flex, I would throw a fab at him. I mean, this Stafford injury has been lingering the whole season pretty much. And who knows? I mean, he could re-aggravate it again. And then maybe it's the Carson Wentz show down the stretch. And teams are desperate for quarterback as we're seeing. So crazier things have happened. He could get a job next year. (laughs) I can't believe I just said that. Carson Wentz riding the high of that 2017, what was that, 13-game stretch? That 13-game stretch in 2017? I remember where I was when he... Uh, towards ACL. It was against the Rams, funnily enough. I was in the library in Philadelphia. I was in the lib doing some Sunday study. I think it was on a Sunday. Um, And I remember getting the news on my phone that they had feared it was a torn ACL. You could hear a pin drop 
You could normally hear a pin drop in a library, but it was extra quiet. Let's move on to our last talking point. Kyler Murray set to start versus Atlanta. Super producer, what do you think about Kyler Murray starting and as it relates his value in Superflex and what it does to his auxiliary pieces like Hollywood Brown? Hey, man, I have said it multiple times, I think, during the offseason, and I'd said it in our group chats as well, where it's like, Kyler Murray was at such a discount in super flex leagues. And I just didn't understand it. I mean, people hate this guy a ton, uh, probably mo- more so as a real NFL quarterback, but as a fantasy producer, I mean, this dude is in there with like the top five guys. I mean, there was a reason why he was like a top three quarterback in super flex, like only two, two years ago, three years ago. Um, it's because he puts up numbers. He has the rushing upside and he can throw the ball. So the window has officially closed. I mean, there's no way you could buy Kyler right now for anything less than probably two firsts. I mean, that might seem bold, but just look at his box score from the past couple of years, and he's an elite fantasy player. Wheels up for Hollywood Brown. I think he's probably due for a good kind of second-half stretch here. And same with McBride. I mean, he already had the breakout, but I I think – things are going to be looking up for Arizona. It will be interesting to see what they do in the off season. Yeah. Cause Hollywood Brown's a free agent. I know that. I mean, I think they are one of the worst teams I've ever seen play live. Honestly, I went to the Browns Cardinals game next year. I know you were there too. I mean, wow. I, I think I get it. It's Clayton tune or whatever his name in. And there's Hollywood Brown and Rondale Moore. And like, they didn't have any running backs really, but that was a, it's just a terrible team. And it's not like the Browns are world beaters on offense. They're actually pretty terrible on offense. Um, and they, I mean, 27 points. I guess we had a defensive, like, couple stops and turnovers. But um, I think it's a big couple stretches for Kyler Murray, though, because I think if they get the number one pick, I can really see them going on Caleb Williams. I truly can. So, All right, let's keep moving forward into our weekend recap. Everyone, I would like to formally submit a bid for Super Producer to start our weekend recap. He texted in our group chat earlier today. Uh, let me let me exactly pull it up for everyone out there. And I quote from Super Producer at 6.01 p.m. Get ready for some Christian Watson slander. Super Producer, the floor is yours. Yeah, man, my uh, weekend recap player is going to be Christian Watson here. He had 4.2 points, got hurt late in the game, uh, I think on his only catch of the game. But I wanted to bring him up more so for the larger dynasty context of things because this season has been brutal for him. I get he was hurt to start off the year, comes back. He hasn't really done anything. Like I don't know how anybody could trust him rest of season if you have him. Um, on a, I mean, and there's no way you have him on a contending team because he's just been that bad. But realistically, I was looking at it. His catchable target rate is like near the bottom of the NFL. Like he was in there with like Amari Cooper. There is something to be said for Jordan Love and his performance this season on like why he has not been performing. But just in general with this guy, he is a player that I'm not looking to have on really any roster, especially in leagues where I have to start a lineup. I don't want Christian Watson because 
he's just going to lay you eggs all day long. He's just a touchdown or bust kind of guy. That's what he is. He's a deep threat. Maybe gets one or two catches a game. You better hope they're for touchdowns because other than that, like the dude's going to put up less than 10 points. And if I can get anything close to the first round pick that you probably paid for him in rookie drafts, I'm just instant selling for that to try and re-roll. I mean, if I could get a 26 first and something else, even something small, I'd be selling. I, I mean, I'll, I'll buy back in whenever they get a quarterback that can actually air the ball out downfield. But even then, it's like the, he is what he is. He's just a field-stretching, boom-bust, tight-end-dependent wide receiver. I mean, I don't know what else to say. No, I, I do agree. I actually, I just traded for Christian Watson um, last week, two weeks ago with Peter. I got him from Peter and I think he's great. He's a great fit for my team. I mean, he's exactly what we're looking for here at the Max Alienaires. <laughs> um, he's like, I love starting him every week, to be honest with you. I think he's got that touchdown upside to win me games and that's what I'm looking for. So, I mean, I think he's a great, great, great fun. For any of those out there that could not get the hint of sarcasm, Max is a rebuilder. So, Max, let's talk about you. You traded for Christian Watson. Let's say in a perfect world, you're not a rebuilder. You actually bought him because you thought he could do something for you this year. You bought him low. I'm saying you bought him low. You thought he could do something big, some big plays like you did last year with Rodgers. Walk me through your process with a guy like Christian Watson. My process is exactly what Nick C said. You just got to hope that they get a quarterback. I know when his team really likes him, though. That's the sad part. Like he's Love. not. Le- no, Christian oh, Watson. I, yeah. I know that, that. Like when the Colts were trying to trade Jonathan Taylor, they wanted Watson from the Packers, and they said like absolutely not. Like they really think he's a special talent. I oh, mean, he is. His build, his talent, like it's actually pretty insane. He's only it's, twenty-four years old. It's palpable. It, it really is. Like when you yeah. watch him, he is a gazelle. He's really, I mean, he's talented, but his quarterback isn't. And I just, I bought him in super, and I was rebuilding. I think one, he does play really well on my team this year, uh, just for what I'm going for. And two, I think I got decent value on him. I think that in, he was a second round pick. So it's not like he has four years on it. He does not give five years on his contract. He only has four. So he's got two years after this. Well, then he could be 26, whatever it is. I don't really care. But I don't think the Green Bay Packers are going to be stagnant at quarterback with Jordan Love moving forward. I think they're going to look themselves in the mirror and say, we had Brett Favre, we had Aaron Rodgers. We're not going down this rabbit hole. They'll trade it up. They'll trade for a quarterback this offseason, whatever it is. I'm looking forward to it this offseason, to be honest. All right, Max, let's get into your weekend recap player. Sure, sure. Uh, my weekend recap. Mm, say that 10 times fast is Joshua Dobbs, man. This guy comes over on Tuesday, doesn't take any snaps all week and then leads the Vikings to a comeback win. And not only that, he had 20, 30 attempts, 20 completions, two touchdowns. But the best part about Josh Dobbs's game is his rushing seven carries, 66 yards and a touchdown. He's quarterback 10 on the season right now. This is a guy that if I am going and I'm trying to play, for a championship, and my, my quarterbacks have been decimated by injury, Daniel Jones, Matt Stafford, Tyler Murray, whatever it is, Anthony Richardson. You could go out, you could get Josh Jobs, I'd pay a second in Superflex for him. He's 28. I think he's earned a starting role next year. I really, truly do. He's I think still, he has. 
he he played really well in the Cardinals. He's QB 10. He's got the rushing upside and he's got some insane weapons there. When Jefferson comes back and Addison and KJ Osborne, Madison and that offense. And it's not like they're a team that like just gets out fast and like blows teams out. They're a team that's mostly in shootouts and comes back from games. Like this guy is going to be putting up some serious fantasy points. So I think moving forward in the season, just given his schedule, I mean, the next three games, Denver, Chicago, and New Orleans, like, it's pretty good matchups there. So I, I really like Josh Dobbs, and he's going to have to be my guy, and I think he's a good, sneaky, dynasty, super flex buy. Four-point passing touchdown before you chime in, Mr. C. He's a top-ten quarterback on the year. Yes. I think he's quarterback nine? He's ten. He's quarterback ten? Yeah. What world do we live in? It's just the rushing upside. It's not like his passing numbers are that crazy. He hasn't thrown for over 300 yards. But if you get a quarterback that can put up, he really puts up 50 yards on the ground most games, which is a free five points. And then he'll throw for two touchdowns, which is another nine points. That's now, Max, can you do – yeah, I was going to say, can you do five plus nine for us? That's at 14, and then you add either a rushing touchdown on the ground or 250 yards in the air. We're getting at 20 points pretty safe either week. So, So is Josh Dobbs – and I'm going to – be dramatic here just for fun is josh dobbs jalen hurts light is he kirkland brand jalen hurts he's got the rushing yeah i would agree with you i I think he is i mean i agree with every point that you said max as well like if you're a competitor go out and get him bro i would probably pay like if i'm qb needy like you're relying on a fringe guy Let's say you have Baker Mayfield, or you have, I don't Baker's know, been good of, too. no, he has, but Josh Dobbs has been better. So it's like, yeah. I would have paid two seconds for Josh Dobbs if you really don't have that second quarterback locked up. What's the I price? Think, I feel like two seconds, Max. I think you can get him for a second, honestly. If it'd be Super like some guy, yeah, if you some guy like fourth quarterback, like if they've had good luck, they just pick him up, whatever it is, you could definitely get him for like a second. And a third, depending on what it is. I think two, I'd pay two first for him if I'm going for it. Two first? first. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Two seconds, two seconds, two seconds. Mr. Stuff. C, make sure you edit that out. All yeah, right. Uh, three, three first for Josh Dobbs, actually. Three first. Hey, look, you never know. That's Let's take awesome. a look at my weekend recap player, guy that needs to get talked about. Um, I love him. He's a Jet. Garrett Wilson has been fantasy relevant. He's the wide receiver 27 on this stagnant, horrible, medieval-styled offense. What I'm here to tell you about is not that the offense is bad. What I'm here to tell you about is an opportunity to buy into Garrett Wilson now at this point in his career. The Jets talk is as low as it can possibly get. Everyone is literally wants Zach Wilson's head on a pitchfork. There are going to be some owners out there that are a little bit nervous about Rodgers coming back. He's still going to cost you an arm and a leg. But this is how badly they need Garrett Wilson. You ready? Over the last three games, so we have – actually, we'll go last five games. Since Kansas City, you ready? In a Kansas City game, Garrett Wilson had how many targets? Seven. Fourteen. All right. In the – How many actual catchable targets does Zach Wilson throw? He had nine. Nine catches. Denver. He had seven targets. It wasn't the they wanted to run the ball that game. Philly, 12 targets. Giants, 13 targets. Chargers, 13 targets. He gets peppered the ball. 
He is such an integral and key part of this offense. And by the way, with these horrible catching numbers, the last three weeks, 90 yards, 100 yards, 80 yards. The only thing that is stopping him from having a, a monster week is touchdown upside, right? I think now is the time in Dynasty when you buy in because this offseason, it is going to be all about Aaron Rodgers coming back and the offense is going to be looking good and he's going to be worth three and a half first again. Right? What's he worth three? I think he's probably worth two and a half, two. What's he, what's he worth in Superflex, two? Yeah, I... I I think right now there's a lot of panic around the Jets, and I think it's a great, great opportunity to buy a guy that is so integral to that offense. Now, this is the only thing that I will say that can bite you in the butt if they go out this offseason, get Devontae Adams, a guy like that, a solid wide receiver. That's the only thing that's going to hurt them. They're probably going to do that. So here's the double-edged sword here, right? Those target numbers are going to come down. But what is going to help is that the offense is going to look better. Look at Devontae Smith, his rookie year, compared to now. Devontae Smith last year was a great receiver with A.J. Brown here still, right? I think it will free up Garrett Wilson, and Garrett Wilson is a transcendent talent. I still think just pure talent-wise, I would have him as a top-five dynasty receiver. Talent-wise, not situation, not anything else. Uh, Age and talent. I think it is the perfect, perfect, perfect opportunity to buy him right now, especially if a competitor owns him. All right. I'll send you an offer for him right now. Yeah, dude, I'm with that. I didn't really think of him as a buy, but just pulling up that game log and those targets, bro. The targets is insane. He's putting up Adam Thielen numbers. (laughs) He really is. But realistically, if you can buy him for two seconds. Uh, Two first. Or yeah, yeah. Two first, you have to try and do it. I mean, it's going to be a hard thing to get done, I feel like, because the Garrett Wilson owners, they love him, bro. They probably bought in for the three and a half mm-hmm. first in the offseason, and they're going to be like, oh, I'm not going to sell for two now when I could get three and a half in the offseason or or something like that. So it would be hard, but like, like you said, PJ, you brought up a great point. This is the time that you could possibly buy him. If there ever is a time outside of injury, which we cannot predict, this is the time to buy him. All right. I want to buy right now. I'm offering it right now. All right. Tier tier now. Okay. Super flex, 12 teams, full point PPR. Mm -hmm. You give me Garrett Wilson. Okay. Okay. I'll give you Zay Flowers and two first. That's very interesting. I'll have to think about it. I can't look. Look, I would have to think it, it depends on the first where the first X, Y, Z. But I think it's very interesting. Obviously, I'm saying to buy Garrett Wilson, so I don't value him at you know two and a half, three, max. I've thought about your trade proposal. I'm a big Garrett Wilson guy. Can't make the deal, especially wow. because he's he's a jet. I have a problem, and I I have an addiction. I have a jet addiction, and it's really bad. And I need to get help, but I can't get help right now. Was it close? You're as close as you're going to get. Like, I don't, outside of an insane overpay, I don't think I could trade Garrett Wilson, just being who I am. Now, look, if I'm, you know, Joe Schmo from Nebraska, and I think I would take that deal if I was Joe Schmo from Nebraska, but loving the Jets and knowing the talent that he has and all the advanced numbers, I can't get rid of him. The Ravens are winning, like, and putting up 37 points in Zay Flowers isn't, like, really contributing. So, all right, let's move into our crystal ball segment. 
Super producer, give us a rundown on last week's picks. I got it. So week nine, crystal ball. PJ, your boom was Jerome Ford. He ended up with 10.2 points. Didn't get the touchdown. Kareem Hunt got it. Did not get there, sadly. Then the bust, Saquon Barkley had 12.8 points. Another miss, but honestly, I feel like that was a good temper expectations for what he was going to yeah. have. Like people we mentioned were probably that. thinking, yeah, like you, you, you pretty much called it. You said like eight to 12 and he was right in that range. So, and then I went with Derrick Henry. He ended up with 17.7 points. Finally get a kill confirmed on that one. And then I went two for two Kenneth Walker versus Baltimore. He had 2.2 points. Super producer. You get a sticker for that Kenneth Walker pick, you get a nice sticker and a pat on the back. Uh, You know, in middle school when you had all those cards on the wall and it was like, oh, you got to turn your card over to yellow or red if you're being a bad boy. You were on red for a long time when it comes to these picks. And you have with this uh, this week, especially that Kenneth Walker pick, you're as green as it comes. You're the color of money this week, Super Producer. That's very nice. And crazy part, we don't got to talk super deep into it. Charbonnet outsnapped Kenneth Walker for a second straight week. Kenneth Walker with uh, second lowest snap percentage of the year. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. I do, interesting. That's interesting, but they did get blown out. So can we take that like into consideration or no? I think a little bit. It's your narrative. Whatever narrative you want to craft. That's an interesting narrative. It's a pick your own Thanks. adventure. Thanks for putting me on that one. Max, time to go by from uh, Mort. Actually, really quick, before we get into Crystal Ball, wanted to give a shout out to Mario from New Jersey. Avid listener of the podcast. It is his birthday on uh, the 8th of November. And another avid listener to the podcast, Alex from New York City. Alex from New York City. It is his birthday on the 9th. So 8th and the 9th, back to back, quarter of a century for both of these guys. Wanted to wish them a very happy birthday. 30 is approaching, gentlemen. So get ready. For handshakes, gonna have to send them some birthday offers. Birthday offers are appreciated. Birthday offers to your league mates is always appreciated. It, it really, it's it's probably my best. That's probably the best gift to, that you can get, honestly. You know, at Christmas they always say, you know, give the give the gift that means the most, not the highest dollar amount. I think if I just sent Max like five trades, that would be better than buying him a Rolex watch. Honestly, I mean, if they are five like thoughtful, good trades, I would probably agree. All right, let's get into crystal ball. No more dilly dallying. Super producer, you're going to start us off to Max and then me on the back end. All right, man. Here we go. I'm trying to keep the momentum, so desperately hoping I can get another sweep here. I'm going with DeAndre Hopkins versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Vrabel came out today in the press conference and stated that Will Levis will be the starter at quarterback moving for the rest of the season. That's huge for this matchup. Uh, Tampa Bay just got torched by C.J. Stroud and the Texans, and all the receivers ate up. Tank Dell, shoot, even Noah Brown had a great game. So Hopkins had, I think, 11 targets last week. So if he gets anywhere close to that volume against this porous defense, I mean, Tampa Bay allows the second most points per game to wide receivers, and – if this could be another like mediocre offense shootout, Hopkins could just go off here. And that's kind of what I'm going for. Um, I, probably eight plus targets 
at least here for Hopkins. And hopefully we see another rookie quarterback breakout as well. I like that one. Honestly, I mean, Will Levis looks pretty legit. He can sling that ball. Um, Ryan Tannehill's out of a job. There's no way they go back to him there. So Hopkins is one of those interesting guys where, I mean, down the road here, I don't know what their schedule is, but he could really be a league winner, honestly. Yeah, I look at I look at Hopkins. I think it's going to be very interesting. Going to be very telling when rookies have those first couple games that those offenses seem to hum. It's like an injection into like the lifeblood of that team. But it's you know after the honeymoon phase is over, we see whether or not the quarterback can actually sustain once he has film. Once the offensive line starts getting a little bit more banged up, it's going to be very interesting to see. I think Hopkins has a coin tosses chance of being a league winner or being just the guy you start every week on the hopes that he catches a, you know, 50 yard nuke from Will Levis. Yeah. I think he'll be average. I, I wouldn't go that he's a league winner. I mean, he has a few good matchups down the stretch, but you made the point PJ once, once they start getting uh film on Levis, that offensive line, if you watch the game against Pittsburgh in prime time, I mean, they had like two or three offensive linemen get hurt as well, but I'll hold my tongue after that. So my boom of the week is going to be DK Metcalf against the Washington Commanders. Um, They are the 31st ranked defense against the pass. They allow the most deep balls out of anybody. Seattle just got blown out last week versus Baltimore. I don't know if it's going to be Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. I'm going with DK Metcalf. I think he just has that bigger play potential. That's that bigger guy. Um, I think the commanders suck, honestly. So I think DK for two touchdowns and 75 yards is pretty pretty free. 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 F-R-E-E. Free. Yeah. Like the trade I just offered you, free. All right, Super Producer, your thoughts? Yeah, I like this one, honestly, Max. I was scrolling through the different matchups, and I was tempted to put DK for my boom as well. Mr. Max, you know, when we talk about players booming, you know, everyone out there probably says, oh, DK Metcalf, of course, you know, I'm going to play him. He's a weird cat where he'll have some stinkers thrown in there that you tr- you want to avoid at, at any cost imaginable. So I like to pick if he does ball out, we'll give the credit to you. We'll go over to me now for my boom. I love Chris Olave this week. Chris Olave going to play Minnesota at Minnesota. Minnesota is the 28th ranked defense against the wide receiver. I look at Chris Olave. He has not wowed any of us this year. I think that's fair. These are his last four games on game log. 10 targets, 15 targets, 9 targets, 8 targets. He is getting the rock thrown to him. It's whether or not the rock is going to be essentially caught or a catchable target, right? But they know that the offense is going to flow through him. He is better than Michael Thomas. He is better than any other option they have in the receiving game. Rashid Shahid's a nice deep ball threat. But outside of that, the offense is going to flow through Chris Olave. I absolutely love him to get probably 75 yards and a touchdown this week. And then on top of that, those catches are gravy. Uh, We look at this Minnesota matchup. It is really juicy. I bought in very low on Chris Olave. I feel like the lowest of his career. Um, I think it's all upward from here. We can only hope that it is. But uh, I I think Olave goes off for a big game this week and kind of gets back into that elite young wide receiver conversation. I can definitely see it, man. He's a very talented player. Derek Carr is a better quarterback than what he had last year, but I honestly, James could be pretty fun too there. So I don't know. I like it. He's just got to 
you just got to get open and he does do that. It's just about his quarterback getting in the ball and Taysom Hill taking some of those targets and stuff like that scares me, but I do like this pick this week, Pete. Yeah, I like it as well. I mean, you just got to attack the bad matchup at Olave's first in deep targets in the NFL. So just hoping that Carr can just chuck him a moon bomb. Hopefully, you know, like you said to Rashid Shahidi, he kind of eat that's kind of his role as well. So it is tough sometimes for Olave to get there, but couldn't ask for a better matchup. So I'm with it. We got three great matchups, honestly, the three of us just brought there. So I mean, start those players. Obviously, you're gonna do that, but even Rashid Shahid could be sneaky. Tyler Lockett could be sneaky. On the Titans, there's no one else I'd really rather start, but yeah. All right. I'm gonna flip it back around. My bust. I know this guy, you're gonna want to start him no matter what. If I was a competitor and had him, I am not putting him in my starting lineup this week. Period. End of story. I don't care. Find an option, trade, do something if you need to win. Devontae Adams is going to play the New York Jets on Sunday Night Football. That defense has been absolute nails. Aiden O'Connell, I just cannot imagine a world that he throws for more than 150 yards. So the only way that Devontae has a good week is a touchdown. Or he just gets dunk, dink and dunk passes down the field and PPR-wise. But I think that's like a 10 to 15% outcome of happening. I love Devontae Adams to go under even like eight points this week. There are games that he disappears. I know they made it a focal point of the offense to give him the ball. I don't care that the Jets defense is elite. They completely embarrass good throwers of the football. Justin Herbert was held under 150 yards passing this past week. Mahomes looked horrible. Uh, Allen looked horrible. Hurts looked horrible. I think it's time. They DeVito didn't even throw. He had negative nine passing yards against the Jets. I just look at Aiden O'Connell this week and think they're going to try to run the hell out of the ball and grind out a win. I can't imagine a world where Devontae Adams puts up good numbers. Yeah, it's it's a sad Devontae train right now, man. It truly is. And uh, I hope you got off it last season. I did. I traded I know, him away. I know it, it's been terrible. I mean, I'm going to keep it in the same family here. I'm going Josh Jacobs as my bust. I think the Raiders are just going to get – I mean, the Jets are an amazing defensive team. I think that you're, most people are probably going to start Josh Jacobs. I think he's very, very, very touchdown dependent. When you look at his yards per carry this year, 2.5, negative 0. 0. 0.22, 3.6, 3.4, 3.4, 3.08, 3.1, 4.7, 3.7. 7. Very average. The only games he really does well is if he has either a shitload of catches or if he finds the end zone. Other than that, he's putting up less than 10 points pretty consistently. Um, and I just think they're going to be, I could see it, the script of like, it's just going to be like a running kind of game because both teams can't pass, but I just don't see Josh Jacobs doing it. And I don't see him scoring the end zone. The only thing that scares me here is, if you watched the primetime game versus the Chargers, right? The Raiders really don't have to necessarily move the ball on offense. All it takes is one or two turnovers, Max Crosby strip sack, something like that to get them right into like the green zone, like 10, 15 yards. And I mean, Eckler, Eckler had like 2.9 yards per carry versus them this past game. And he still found two touchdowns because of a similar circumstance where like they just got to 
fumble return for down to the one yard line or something like that. That's my only concern here, but otherwise I do like the thought process. Yeah, the, I agree. That's a concern. Like if they throw a pick, they get down at whatever it is. Like Zach Wilson could definitely do that, turn the ball over. All right. That's going to bring us to the end of the episode. Wanted to thank everyone for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter at dynasty monarchy podcast guys, week nine in the books, more than halfway done with the season. Makes me very sad. Max, Going to be up in Cleveland right after Christmas, Thursday night. Let's hope they don't flex out of it. Rogers coming back, maybe, to the, to, for the people, a little, little teaser for the people. Are we going to see Rogers' first game? Wouldn't that be something? It would be. It definitely would be. It's going to be cold, man. I mean, I was at the game on Sunday, and NXT was too. We already mentioned this. The weather was beautiful for a November game for the Browns, like 55 and study. I could guarantee you that December 28th, 27th game, boy, it's going to be 20 degrees with 40 mile an hour winds and some freaking. I'm bringing my snow pants. Yeah, it's going to be cold. I was going to say, it sounds like good shirtless weather after getting 10 beers in you. We'll post a picture on Twitter of all of us shirtless at the game if it is freezing. But if it's normal temperature, we won't. That's that's stupid behavior. All right. Thanks again, everyone, for making it at the end of the episode. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over there. Just like I mentioned earlier, week nine in the books, week 10 coming up. We'll see you back next week. Same time. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time. Farewell, my fellow kings and queens.